So we, <coughs> excuse me. So we're moving on to, or hopefully we've never really fully left it, but we're moving into right mindfulness this morning, Samma Sati. And uh, we can begin with chanting the Eightfold Path Mantra. Just going to sound the bell for a moment. Samaditi Samma Sankapo Samma Vaja Samma Kamanto Samma Ajivo Samma Vayamo Samma Sati Samma Samadhi Samma Siddhi Samma Sankapo Samma Vacha Samma Kamanto Samma Ajivo Samma Vayamo Samma Sati Samma Samadhi Samadhi Samma Sankapo Samma Vacha Samma Kamanto Samma Ajivo Samma Vayamo Samma Sati Samma Samadhi So, uh, Samma Sati, um, right mindfulness, perfect mindfulness, attuned mindfulness. Uh, you know, it's the mindfulness word is uh, everywhere now in uh, all institutions, it seems, which is uh, in many ways a really good thing. And, uh, but it, it, may, it may not always be Samma Sati. So Sammasati is, is uh, connected with the rest of the Eightfold Path. It's a, it's a sati or a mindfulness or awareness that is supporting awakening, is supporting seeing things truly as they are. And uh, certainly, as we know, sati uh, or mindfulness, mindfulness gets used, uh, wrongly used at times, certainly in uh, big companies. I've heard that it can be used to exploit your employ- employees to work harder and not feel the, the rub. <laughs> so uh, this isn't the, 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 the purpose or the real um, proper use of sati. But so in the, in the Eightfold Path, sati is pointing to the, the four foundations of mindfulness which we've been speaking about through the retreat. And the first one being mindfulness of body, and uh, we can sometimes think like that just means I'm sitting here and I, I can f- I'm aware of my body sitting here, and that's that's part of it. That's like a that's definitely there as part of it, but there's much more to it than that. So it's also looking at well, what is this body? Um, what is it made up of? What's what are the meat and bones of it? The skin, flesh and bones of this body. It's uh, the aspects we we often don't think about unless we're in the maybe in the nursing profession or something like that 
then we do, or we get an illness and then we think about it, but otherwise we tend to think of it in the, on the, from the, the surface. And uh, we look at the surface of our body and think that's who we are, and we look at the surface of another person's body and either like it or don't like it, attracted or, or disinterested or averse to the, to the externals of another person's body. So the Buddha is inviting us to look a little deeper. Look at the skin and under the skin of a body and, and see what it's, it's made up of. Um, and I had a, a conversation with um, Ayajayati uh, when I was away in, in the UK. She was in Thailand and uh, she'd been to see an autopsy while she was staying at a monastery in Thailand. And uh, she described it so so well that I just wanted to share a little bit. I hope you can bear it. <laughs> it's just the way she framed it I thought, found very interesting. So she's, she said, the first thing they do is they cut from, from ear to ear, going across the top of the head, and pull down the face like a rubber mask. So that's the first thing. So the, this whole, what we think of as me, you know, and what we like to see in others, is it's like it gets pulled down like a rubber mask. And then they uh, saw, very roughly, saw open the skull <laughs> and uh, take out the brain. And she was like, wow, you know, okay, so there's the personality peeled away and then they take out the brain the intellect you know there it is it's just this lump of flesh and then the next thing they do is is open up the chest area quite roughly cracks and you know breaking the bones and open this up and take out the heart it's like the heart you know and there it is this lump of bloody flesh <laughs> and uh, and she said actually at that point she had to she had to leave the room and, and kind of <laughs> gain her um, centeredness again because it was uh, quite overwhelming but but there was something about the you know how how we relate we associate these things with with personality intellect uh, emotion and then she was seeing them as like wow it's just the flesh and the bones of it and that's what we're made of so it was very insightful for her and, and uh, quite a wake-up, I think, for her to see that. And for me to hear her describing it was also like, whoa, yes, you know, don't forget, don't forget. <laughs> uh, because it's so easy to, to, to forget you know, and, to, and to get uh, pulled into the, to the vortexes of, um, of personality and of uh, attraction and aversion. So the Buddha is uh, really pointing us uh, not just to be aware of knowing the body sitting here, but what is this body that's sitting here? What is it made of? What is the, the what are the meat and bones of it? And uh, and when we practice in that way, it's not to arouse aversion. That's not the point. We're not supposed to become disgusted with our bodies. Absolutely not. That's not helpful at all. But it's to find a balance and to and to see clearly things as they are. So, uh, so that's one aspect of the mindfulness of body. And then another aspect is to, to look at the body in terms of the four elements, earth, water, fire, and, earth, water, fire, and air. So all of those four you know, are going on here, all the, everywhere, really, in, the, in the world, in the universe all the time. Maybe not in the universe, I'm not sure, but in the world, this world. And uh, so to look at this body in terms of, of earth, for example. So I was speaking yesterday to somebody who's got a lot of air and uh, when you have a lot of air in your system, when, you're, when, the, when the balance of those elements is not so even, say for example there's a lot of air, then you need to really develop awareness of the earth element. 
to, to for grounding. Because when there's too much air, then there's there can be excitement, which is kind of fun, or there can be fear, anxiety, um, restlessness. These are all kind of qualities of too much air element. So then really noticing the, the earth element, the heaviness, the bones, the solidity, uh, and the, the earth beneath you. So you can ground and, and start to change the, the balance of the elements. Or if you have too much water, you know, maybe you're very, very compassionate, very loving, and but you're just kind of a little bit all over the place, and you know you can't keep things together because you're too, you're feeling too much, or you're spilling out too much. So then, um, a bit of fire is good, and a bit of, and also a bit more earth, to to balance things. Or you might have too much earth, and everything just feels really heavy. Your body feels heavy, your heart feels heavy, your mind feels heavy. So then you need to find ways of bringing in more air and also more fire. So movement is really good if you're in that overly heavy state, moving. Movement is like um, air element. Or um, finding ways of arousing energy and joy uh, is like fire element. So we, f- we need to, you know, it's useful to look at this body partly just as the elements which, is, which are everywhere. So the, the earth element in this body is the same as the earth element in this bell. And the air element that, that moves in and out of this body is, is the ele- air element that is everywhere around this world. That everybody and everything is breathing in and out, it's all the same. And the fire element in this body that digests and um, warms and uh, burns sometimes is uh, the same fire element that is in the heating system here, that is in the kitchen that's cooking the food, it's the same, it's, that's in the sun. It's all the same fire element. And uh, the water element, the, the tears, the spittle, the blood, all of that is the same as the, as the water element in this earth, the rivers, the clouds, the lakes. It's all, it all belongs together. So we can contemplate that as, uh, you know, what just what is here, what is inside is is also outside, and what is outside is also inside, and then we start to um, break down that uh, very strong division of me and everything else, and uh, and you can see in a, in a day how those elements are are moving. So you just had breakfast, you've been bring, putting earth element and water element and fire element, probably a little bit of air element into your bodies. And that is, is strengthening this body. And then uh, later on some of that will be released, or even now some of it, probably some heat will be being released. And you know, different, Those elements will gradually be released through the day. And, and then we put more in, so that's, this is the constant play of things. We have, constantly have to keep enough heat, enough water, enough earth element, food, enough uh, air, yes, air, to uh, stay alive. And then at some point, you know, we let it all go back to where it came from. So that's part of contemplating the body and uh, and then contemplating the mortality of this body that, uh, which we've spoken about a little bit already, that it, it is going to die, you know, it's like there's no way around it. And uh, and also, if you, you know, if you are very attached to someone else's body, that their body is going to die. You have to have to let it go. 
So just contemplating that. Uh, so knowing the body as it is, rather than as an idea of what it is. And, uh, and then feeling Vedana. We've spoken a little bit, Aysan Chita gave uh, a guided meditation on the, on the three kinds of feeling. Um, pleasant, painful, and neither pleasant nor painful. And uh, one thing that we didn't mention is um, you know, pleasant feeling, uh, un- the, uh, hidden underneath pleasant feeling is the tendency to greed, wanting more and more and more. And uh, you know, f- the, the way it works is you m- there might be greed for, for a few th- you know, little thing, I just, just want this nice thing and that nice thing. And, and it seems like lots of little things that are just kind of harmless, you know. But uh, the, the, that movement into following greed, it builds up. And then one day, boom, there's a big fire burning. And uh, it can really burn our life down. So you have to be really careful. So knowing, just knowing that underneath pleasant feeling, there's the tendency towards greed. So then being interested in that. You know, is, is there, is, is, am I being motivated by greed? And if so, what, what is it like? And if so, what's the result of following that? And do I want to just keep doing that forever or, or not? Um, and the uh, painful feeling has the underlying tendency to ill will, not wanting, aversion. We're going to experience painful feeling, you know, if we're not already. It's going to happen in our lives whether it's just through aging or through an accident or just the wear and tear of the body, it's going to happen. So uh, if we have a a strong aversive relationship to pain, then we're setting ourselves up for a lot of dukkha. So learning how to uh, tend to pain, how to to, uh, take care around pain, and and really noticing, a few people have spoken about it, noticing that you know, even though one's kind of being with it, there's a sort of a, a patient endurance, like a like a gritting one's teeth, waiting for it to change. So that's that's dukkha. So learning how to, uh, in a way, basically make pain part of the experience of being here, and uh, we can also, you know, make space around it and. And, uh, no, and like we were saying, notice what is not painful, what is pleasant, what is neutral as well. So not letting the mind just jump onto the pain and, and get stuck there, but training it to see more broadly. So the underlying tendency to painful feeling is uh, aversion or ill will. And then the underlying tendency to neutral feeling, which is what we tend not to notice, is ignorance. So we ignore it and, and it breeds ignorance. So... Um, to be also interested in, in those areas in the body and in one's uh, life experience that, it, that are nothing in particular. To take an interest in that too, because that's actually a large part of our experience. And then a lot of the addictions and the, and the sort of getting lost in internet and or whatever one might get lost in, is a, a way of trying to get away from being with neutral feeling. So we've kind of forgotten how to be with that. And I think when, when cultures were more simple, when lifestyles were more simple, it was, it was kind of normal. You know, A lot of life was just kind of like that, and that was okay. And now, we, because we've, we've got so many entertainments at our fingertips and there's such a high expectation, 
we, we have very little capacity to be with just like the ordinariness of our experience. So uh, just learning how to how to also take interest in that, and you know, knowing that underneath that is the tendency to move towards ignorance, or for ignorance to, to sort of take over. And then uh, the third foundation of mindfulness is mindfulness of mind or mind states. So this is like knowing what what uh, the mood of the mind is or the weather of the mind is. And uh, seeing how, you know, whatever the weather is influences how we experience the world and how we experience ourselves. And it is just weather, you know, like if you're in an aeroplane and you fly above the clouds and you look down, it's like you can see the weather down there but it's not affecting you. So it's the same with the practice. You you, you maybe see the, the weather of the mind but your the awareness is is bigger than that, it's not, uh, it's not clouded by that, not burning in the sun of that or whatever. So knowing uh, mind as mind and, and um, there have been a few questions about uh, and the, the, in, the, in the four foundations the word citta is used for mind and there have been a few questions about what is citta, what is awareness, are they the same thing? And so citta is uh, a, one of the words for mind, mind-heart, heart-mind and uh, Awareness is sati, that which knows the mind. So the mind can, can well, sati can know the mind and the mind can have sati. Um, but uh, you can't say the mind is awareness or awareness is the mind. And how that mind, it's very important to get to know how the mind is because it's like the, the, the filter through which we're looking. And uh, if we're not aware of the, of the mood of the mind and we're just kind of believing in it, then again we can get ourselves into all kinds of complications. And then the fourth foundation is the, the dhammas or uh, objects of mind. And... Uh, there are various, there's various kind of breadth of things you can look at, but what I like to focus on is, which is on the already on the board out there, is the five hindrances and the seven awakening factors. So just knowing, is the mind obscured by any of the hindrances right now, or or is it or is it absent? You know, is the mind free of the hindrances, and uh, can you turn your attention to the to the awakening factors, so starting to develop wholesome qualities? So those are the four foundations. And uh, I just wanted to read a little quote. <clears throat> so it's an extract from the Sutta, the um, Malunkya Putta Sutta. So I'm going to read the second half first and then read the first half after because I think it'll make a little bit more sense. Uh, having seen a form with mindfulness muddled, Attending to the pleasing sign, one experiences it with infatuated mind and remains tightly holding to it. Having heard a sound with mindfulness muddled, attending to the pleasing sign, one experiences it with infatuated mind and remains tightly holding to it. Having smelt an odour with mindfulness muddled, attending to the pleasing sign, one experiences it with infatuated mind and remains tightly holding to it.
and likewise for a flavor, tangible, like a um, tactile, and a mind object, attending to it with a muddled mindfulness. I think it's a great expression. Because you kind of, it's, so that there is, a, so this is, um, like there is, a, you're paying attention, but you're ta- paying attention in, in, a, in the wrong way. <laughs> so the results are more, more greed, or more hatred, or more delusion. However, when firmly mindful, one sees a form, one is not inflamed by lust for the form. One experiences it with dispassionate mind and does not remain holding it tightly. For one dismantling dukkha, nibbana or awakening, is said to be close by. So it's the same for all the six senses. And then the, the Buddha's uh, pointing to a way of of seeing or of or of you know, being with our experience just purely as it is. So I'm just going to read it, and I don't know where it will land with you, but I'll just read it. Regarding things seen, heard, sensed, and cognized by you, um, there will be merely the seen. In the heard, there will be merely the heard. In the sensed, there will be merely the sensed. In the cognized, there will be merely the cognized. So pointing to um, the potential to just just see things without all of the stuff we put on top. And uh, it can be um, difficult, to, I mean, it's sure, surely it can be difficult to get to that place because the floods of the mind can be so strong. So we see something and then boom, something's activated, there's a feeling activated and then the thoughts are activated and then already we're seeing through that coloured lens that I mentioned yesterday. And, you know, we're tumbling into some story that we imagine is going to give us satisfaction through having something or pushing something away or ignoring something. And uh, it's begin- it's, it's basically starts with muddled mindfulness, that we're paying attention to something in a way that is just not quite how it is, you know. So uh, often we... You know, we're already like way into it before we know that that's what's going on. So learning to kind of come back, come back, come back, come back. And what is what would it be like just to see this as it is? As the elements or as, you know, a body that's made up of flesh and bones or, you know, as simply unpleasant feeling or pleasant feeling. So just to explore that. I mean, it may sound a little dull. It does take the... Uh, the drama out of life, <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's cooling. So I'm going to read another couple of poems. <laughs> For those of you who don't like poetry, I appreciate your patience. I know there's a few people in the room. So, first one is Abhaya, fearless. This body you carry around. Ah, oh, sorry, no, she wanted to do the other one first. Uh, Abaya's mother, mother of the fearless. Once I spent a week in bed with a bad fever. My little body stank from head to foot. Of course, I never noticed the smell until after my fever had broken. Not that this little story necessarily has anything to do with you. My little body stank from head to foot. 
Of course, I never noticed the smell until after my fever had broken. Not that this little story necessarily has anything to do with you. Or does it? <laughs> and Abaya, fearless. This body you carry around is like a small child, always wanting something. Over the years, body and mind have gotten a little tangled up, haven't they? When one is hungry, the other eats. When one is sad, the other cries. Look closely. Can you see that narrow valley where one ends and the other begins? So, uh, as I've said a number of times, you know, we have to start from where we are at any moment. And uh, it's not a nice linear journey, as you may have noticed. There are many mountains and, and uh, valleys and deserts and um, swamps along this journey. So it's really important to like, know where you are and not come from some ideal of where you'd like to be. And uh, you know, it can be that we work with something, you know, we, we, we know what we want to work with and we start a practice. And, you know, even, I'm, I'm not even just talking about in a sitting, but like in a life. We start our practice and we kind of know what we need to work with. And we're working with it really, really diligently and, and things are cooling out. Or things are, you know, if there's a lot of passion, things are cooling out. Or if there's a lot of ill will, the heart is getting a little bit more sunny. Or there's more clarity around uh, what was before just mere confusion. And uh, it can, things can be looking like they're going really well for a long time. And then suddenly, boom, it's all lost. Or well, not completely lost, but we, we like, we're back to where we started, or even f- more so. And uh, so don't, uh, don't, be, don't be despairing if that happens. Don't think like, oh my goodness, you know, my, my practice is a total mess. I'm just back to where I started. Just meet it where it is. So... Uh, as uh, reflect this morning, this image came of in the in the monastery because we live in the forest or at the edges of a forest, beautiful forest. Um, every year, there's a there's a lot of um, dead wood to burn, like branches that have fallen or stuff that's we needed to clear out from the forest to to stop it being a big fire hazard. And uh, so we burn an enormous bonfire, and then and then we let it burn down, and then in the night. So we start it in the morning, let it burn all through the day. And then the night, as it's kind of burnt down, it's just a big pile of red embers. You hose it all down. Hose it down, hose it down, hose it down, hose it down for a long time. And then you go to bed. And then in the morning you get up and it looks like it's out, you know. And uh, but then it, and it's this big pile of ash that appears to be out. But then if you go and you scrape off the top of that ash and you put a few sticks on it... Whoosh, there it is again, a big fire. You can get a whole great blazing fire going again. And that's how it is with the passions. It's like that. So uh, don't be, don't uh, be, one thing is don't be put off if that happens. And also don't be fooled by that big pile of ash. <laughs> because as long as there's any embers burning, there's the potential to whoosh, that to arise again. So the, you know, the Buddha is, is pointing to cooling cooling the embers of the fire. 
until they until they completely go out. So uh, just to know that that's the nature of fire. It's like that. And to know what 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 do I want to do? Do I want to get another fire going, or do I want to cool it out? And uh, with ill will, you know, we can, we can be doing really well and cultivating a lot of metta, and you know, we think we've really transformed things, and then something happens, and we're triggered, and just the mind is completely overwhelmed with ill will, hatred, or fear. So it's not that we've failed or there's anything wrong. It's like it's not done yet. That's all. It's not done yet. So we just meet that. And uh, the beauty of the practice is, you know, it's it's like we imagine it's going to go in a line, and we're going to get it's going to get better and better, and we get more and more kind of free. And but it's more like a spiral, really. You know, we start in the, in the depths of confusion. At least I did, and then and then you kind of pull yourself out of it and get a bit more clarity, more clarity. And, ah, ah. and for a while, when you're sort of like halfway around the, the first part of the spiral, you really think you're getting somewhere. And then you keep going and then you feel like, oh, I'm just back to where I started. But actually you're back to where you started with some really good tools. So you've got a bit more to, tools to work with that. And then you keep going and you're kind of like, yeah, this is great. Well, it's really like it is. It is like it says in the books. And then, and then you're kind of like, oh, God, about here again. You know, so to, but just to know that, that is the, the path is like that. So... Uh, you have to know. You have to be uh, confident, or, or like just to know clearly where do you want to go. Do you want to move towards freedom, cooling, letting go, or do you want to move towards more entanglement and uh, more, uh, well, more lifetimes, really? And uh, you know, just recently with with some friends who were very clear that they want to aim towards more lifetimes. And it's like, okay, well, if you, that, that's good to know. And then you, and then you, then you direct, then you direct your life in a way that's that's wholesome, you know. Because if you're going to keep coming back, you want to come back in a life that's going to serve you well, and that you can serve others well. And then if that isn't your aspiration, then uh, dowsing the fires, you know, when they when they flare up and uh, meeting that. Uh, that ill will, that 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 hatred, that fear, that ill will, when it arises, with the tools that you've already been using all these years, and uh, and with the confusion, confusion comes and goes. I, I had a very very strong confusion for years. It's like it was just like living under a cloud, you know. And it, it became so familiar. It's like I just knew, okay, this is confused mind. It's like this is there are causes for it, and hopefully one day it'll change because everything's supposed to be impermanent, you know. And, and then eventually, eventually, kind of those clouds started apart, and and uh, so knowing that, you know, that it can be like that. But then it's not like once the clouds part, they never ever come back. Maybe something happens and phew, can't think straight. You know, there's some, something's triggered and the mind's all confused again. And but then there's a knowing of like this is confused mind. It's like this. Don't make important decisions when the mind is confused. You know. Just saying, not now. So all of these, all of this stuff, is not who and what we are. Fortunately, it's it's this process that I've been speaking about. And uh, if we know what our aspiration is and our our intention is, then we just keep going. We just keep meeting what arises, 
and uh, bringing the tools we need to bring to it and we keep going, another step, another step. And maybe for a while we might be stuck, you know, and lost and, and uh, stumbling and then we find our feet again and we take another step and another step and another step. So, I offer this this morning. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.